This is the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast by Hunter Beal. How's it going, everyone? I'm hoping you're having a blessed day. Back with another podcast episode, Motivation Monday. Today's topic being Motivation Monday, the myth of multitasking. Season two, episode five. Before I dive into that, I want to give an explanation with these Motivation Mondays that motivation comes from changing someone's actions. So there is some times where you might feel like it's not necessarily motivational, but my goal is to change your actions and show you how to change your actions to become a more efficient, better overall person. Whereas motivation, most people see it as like uplifting and like, you know, makes you want to go do something. And while it is, at the same time, motivation is teaching someone to change their actions. So that's what I'm striving for. But getting right into this podcast, The Myth of Multitasking by Dave Crenshaw. Credibility where credibilities do. That's the author, Dave Crenshaw. We all have believed the myth, even I have, of multitasking. There is only a switch tasking. It is inefficient in ways of getting things done and sh- Studies show this. Vanderbilt University found that they couldn't find a single piece of neurological evidence to suggest that the human brain is capable of taking on more than one task at a time. The brain switches back and forth from one task to another. It does it so quickly, it makes you believe that you're multitasking when you're actually doing what's called switch tasking. There's two different types of switch tasking. There's active switches and there's passive switches. Active switch is created by yourself. An example, you email someone while you're on the phone. You're creating this, which means it's an active switch. The other one, as I mentioned, is passive switch. Is initiated by something or someone else. Example, you're doing some work and a friend comes in to talk to you or a coworker and you get distracted and you end up having this problem with sending an email while someone is distracting you. Switch tasking isn't an effective or efficient way of getting things done. An example in the book was Helen, a hardworking CEO for a successful retail clothing store. She had the problem of getting interrupted every day multiple times. A typical scenario would find Helen trying to compose an email when her assistant Sally interrupts with an important question. Since Helen needs to get her email out quickly, at first she'll attempt continuing to type, switching her attention back and forth between Sally and the email. However, since Sally's question is generally complex, Helen will eventually be forced to stop typing and give the full question her full attention in order to come up with an answer. Once she gives Sally the answer, Helen switches back to the email, but it is important to recognize that it will take her a few minutes before she can get back into the level of focus she had previously. This is why switching between tasks ultimately is inefficient and a waste of time because whether you are making active or passive switches, you are inevitably need to stop one train of thought to start another. When Helen realized that she couldn't give her email or Sally's question the attention they required and deserved, she had stopped what she was doing. And no matter what, switching 
takes extra time to focus on a new task and then refocus on an old task, both of which eat up valuable time for the day, which is why you need to avoid interruptions by making yourself available to employees or coworkers or friends at a regular scheduled time. So how do you do this? You need to set a schedule or a meeting if you're doing work that you are free. And something you could do at work is keep your door open when you can talk and keeping it shut when you can't talk and people get the clear message most of the time. But you need to set up, like I said, a schedule or a meeting in order for this to work effectively because say you're at work and people are gonna come in and ask questions if you're the boss, you need to set up the meeting so they can ask the questions there and you say this will be happening every day for 30 minutes. Uh, 1 p.m. to 1.30, I'm available for questions. And them having that schedule, they know that they can come the next day with questions, but if it's important, they'll still come. But again, there's different ways to go around this. Be like, hey, I'm writing an email real quick. Come back in a couple minutes and I can talk and give you my full focus as I want to. And you need to be clear about this because if you're not, then the interruptions just keep on happening. Similar steps for phone calls. You can leave a voicemail. An example the book gives for leaving a voicemail to that person is, I'm currently unavailable as I'm either in a meeting or with a customer. Please know that I check my messages daily at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m. So if you leave a brief message, I'll get back to you shortly. And again, you can tailor that to how you like. So at the first sentence of it, I'm currently unavailable as I'm either in a meeting or with a customer. You can, I'm busy doing homework. You can tailor it to however you, whatever you, you are at a stage in, currently in your life, whether it be college, work, whatever it may be. Another valuable thing that I got from this book is by budgeting your time, you can take control of the schedule and prioritize what is important. An example that was put in the book, I found an interesting question. Think back last week and ask yourself, how many hours did I spend watching TV, sleeping or communicating to and from work, and how many did I actually spend working? Even if you're passionate about your work, you might not be aware of how much time you are really spending. We tend to overestimate the time that we think we spend on work, all these different tasks. By switch tasking, we get that illusion that we're spending more time doing something when we're actually not. When we are talking to a family member, writing up an email as well, at the same time, we, we overestimate the times that we're spending with t family and work when you're not even giving the family the quality of time while you're there. So you need to create a schedule and make a time budget, which is very important. So you might be wondering, what are you talking about a schedule or a time budget? You need to be honest and accurate of how you are currently spending your time and write down your activities down on the schedule. This should help you identify the areas that you would like to improve upon whether it's finding more time for family and friends, or perhaps putting more hours towards a new project, uh, homework, whatever it may be that you'd like to focus on. So with time budgeting and setting up a schedule, you are able to set a block time period that you're allowed to do whatever activity you wanna do, whether spending more time with family, working out, doing an activity, having fun, whatever it may be. And I found this really 
nice. I started doing schedules toward last semester and I'm not always completely accurate. If I'm being honest, I'm not always accurate to my schedule, but usually it works for the most part. Every morning I wake up, have breakfast and work out. That's the first thing I do. That's the block of schedule. That's my time budgeting for the morning. I always try to do that. There might be some times where I don't, I'm not able to, I have an exam, I have a paper, whatever it may be. It's a very, very, very rare occasion that happens. But with time budgeting, I'm able to put more things that I want to do and less things that I don't want to do in my time budget. And I find it very effective to actually write pen and paper and write out a time schedule for yourself. Rather than forcing change, set an example and your coworkers, employees will follow. You need to identify the problem first. So whether it be setting up a meeting, people in your fraternity, sorority, club, a class, whatever it is, you need to identify the problem and show them that we can work more efficiently and be the leader in showing this. It's pretty bad if you're hypocritical about it, like, hey, we need to be more efficient, more productive in this and not showing how to do this. The main message that they and you should know is focusing on one thing at a time. We're able to wait, work way more efficiently and productively once we focus on one thing at a time. And to be honest with you, something I'm still working on to this day, I'm still pretty bad with multitasking, but after reading this book, it's really opened my eyes and realizing that multitasking is a myth and it's not good for you. It's actually wasting time to your valuable day. The key message is the fact of matter is that dividing our attention among more than one task at a time is simply impossible. What we really are doing is switching back and forth between activities and tasks and as a result, spending more time getting less done. Some actionable advice that the book gave me was try a simple exercise to prove multitasking is inefficient and eats up your time. The first thing you want to do for this activity is grab a pen and a paper and a timer. We're going to do two separate timed activities. We're going to be using the statement multitasking is really switch tasking. We're going to be writing that out, but there's a twist to it. With every letter for the first activity, for every letter, you're going to write the letter and the number below it. So you'd write for multitasking, you'd write M1, U2. L3, T4. So you're spelling out multitasking, but writing a number with the first letter being one all the way to the end. And you'll figure out that switching writing letters to numbers is a lot harder. Then the second activity you're going to do is writing out multitasking is really switch tasking, but you're going to write out fully with let starting with all the letters multitasking is really switch tasking. You're spelling that out on pen and paper, and then you're going to be under each letter writing off the numbers. I tie myself and for the first activity, because I'm switching from letter to number, I got a minute and 30 seconds doing that. And then for the second one, which is writing out the entire statement, multitasking is really switch tasking and the numbers of the letters below it. I got 54 seconds. So 35 second difference with multitasking is really switch tasking, which shows you 
that multitasking is a lot more difficult than it seems. And we are under the illusion that it's efficient and productive when in reality our brain scientifically proven can only focus on one thing at a time and it is most efficient and productive to do so that's going to be wrapping up this podcast episode i hope you guys enjoyed it with that being said cue the outro this was the relentless college entrepreneur podcast focus on one task at a time i'll see you on the next episode